Hello and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast. My name is Brooke McCallery. My name is Ben McCallery. Welcome to episode eight of season eight. We have reached the end of the year. This is our last podcast for the year. And what a wonderful way to finish up with a hostful. It is. Yeah. It's a nice way to wrap up what has been a, it's been a year. Mm -hmm. Let's just leave it at that. It's been a year. It's been a year. But uh, I've really, really enjoyed this season a lot. And I've had a lot of really wonderful feedback. So I feel like hopefully this is a nice way to to go out for the year. Yeah, we're going to review the season, review the themes of the season. Okay. Because I feel like this season, it's been different to other seasons because I feel like you've got out of your comfort zone mm -hmm. quite a lot. Mm -hmm. Yep. With, yeah, the topics and... Yeah, what was discussed. There's some pretty intense conversations. I would agree with that. <laughs> Listen to you like slowly. I don't know. <laughs> feeling I feel un like... more uncomfortable with this conversation more than it. Hey, it feels so good to be the one asking the questions and you'll have to answer them. Great. I'm thank really you. looking forward yeah. to that. So basically what we're going to do is we're going to split this up into two parts. First part will be me asking Brooke, the hard questions. Okay. Basically, I'm going to be posing a lot of the questions you pose to your guests. Oh, okay. This season. All right. So get ready for that. And, and traditional Slow Your Home podcast uh, tradition. Traditional tradition? Yeah. Mm. The traditional of traditions. No preparation at all. <laughs> yeah, we keep it loose with our traditions. No, but isn't the second half like our top 10? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Top 10 of 2021. And we'll have some fun with that. We haven't reviewed each other's answers. So it be interesting to see if we have a lot of the same because we've been stuck with one another. We have. We've been rattling lockdown. around in the house together. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, we'll get to that in the second part. So, yeah, let's just, let's kick off. All right. I trust you. Congratulations on making it 12 months plus at this stage uh, of drinking no alcohol. Oh, thank you. I thought you were going to say congratulations with making it 12 months plus of 2021. And I'm like, that is accurate. It has felt like many more months than 12. I want to dive straight into, yeah, alcohol and your relationship with alcohol. Because it's this is the first, well, a couple of episodes back, it was the first time you really mentioned that you've been sober for... A year, yeah. a year. Has yeah. it? Because see, this is the Why? problem that I run into yeah. when I'm like, "Have I spoken about it on the podcast or not?" Not really, not okay. in, in in any detail. Okay. Um, and it's interesting that you're keeping track of it. I mean, it's hard not to. Because when was the last time you had a drink? <laughs> this was unintentional, but somewhat fitting. The last drink that I had was the morning in Australia. That's terrible. Mm. Um, the morning that Joe Biden was announced the president. <laughs> when he won the election. So is there any so relationship a... with it being in the morning to why you've quit? Oh, good Lord, no. <laughs> I just remember you and I cracked open a bottle of champagne. Um, Very planned. We knew that we were going to do that. So did you know when you had that drink that no. that would be your last? So why? Take us back to November 2020 and what changed for you? So I had been struggling with health issues, um, undiagnosed, like chronic health issues for probably the six months previous to that. 
Um, but if I'm being honest, I have been looking for a reason or an excuse to stop drinking for years. Um, I have a troubled relationship with alcohol, I'd say, in that um, it was something that I always used as a crutch, either to like get me through the day or um, not that I drink get during the, through the day. Sorry, not that I drink during the day, but like. At the end of the day, it would be like a cap on the day. You know? Yeah. I did it. I got through the day. And man, mm-hmm. it was hard. So let's have a glass of red wine when I cook dinner. Mm-hmm. N- very rarely to excess as I got older particularly. Um, but it always just felt like an, a, uh, an artificial mm. way of getting through. Um, so for years, that has been something that I've been really interested in. I look at a lot of people that I admire a lot of creative people that I admire and they are sober. Mm. Um, a lot of them have had, you know, their own challenges with addiction and things, but it's something I have for many years been interested in, but never thought that I would have the willpower to do it because like a lot of Australians, I think, um, growing up, booze was just part of the culture and, Mm. you know, growing up into an adult from a, self-conscious teenager I used it a lot to make myself feel um, confident or fun or funny or whatever it was a social lubricant Mm. Um, and that's understandable but for me it certainly became more than that I think like I to the point where I was nervous to socialize outside a really small group of people without drinking is that right yeah Absolutely. Like I didn't know if I could have fun or be fun or be interesting or dance or whatever without at least a glass of wine. Mm -hmm. So it's like that to me, that's troubling. Um, So I had been aware of that for years and had experimented with like dry July and I took a couple of months here and there, uh, but never really had reason to commit fully. Mm. So when my health, you know, crapped itself last year and I started taking some pretty hectic medications and continued to to take them. So you abided by what it said on the label as saying, don't drink alcohol while taking this medication. Yeah. I mean, you know what? It doesn't actually say that. Uh I never told anyone that. But You've been lying to me all this time. No, no, no. It's why would I ask my body that has been through so much over the last couple of years and is going through so much taking medication, trying to heal. Mm. Why would I ask it to do extra to deal with yeah. more yeah. input, more yeah. chemical input, more you know mm. potential toxins? Um, so that was it, and I it was like a month before Christmas, so socially the worst time to try and quit drinking. Hard, and I thought, well, let's just see what happens, mm. uh, and I was surprised because I think I was surprised by how. Um, non-difficult it was. I wouldn't say easy, but it was not as difficult as Mm. I was expecting it to be. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because I had just made a shift in my head that this was something I'm not doing anymore. Uh, And within, I mean, it helped that I got quite sick over Christmas and really wouldn't have wanted to be drinking anyway. But um, within a couple of months, I realized something that has been the only motivation I need now moving forward is that I like myself when I don't drink. That's really interesting. Clinton um, in episode six, six of the season um, said one of his huge reasons 
why he stopped drinking was was something that his son said to him mm. as, as saying something like, you you change when you drink or mm. something like that, like wasn't silly it? Silly or something. Yeah, silly or something. So did that, but besides from your health, mm. which was is a huge um, reason, were there any other reasons behind it? Yeah, I don't, I don't want our kids to grow up seeing that that is the only, like having a couple of drinks is the only way to socialize or to have mm. fun with family or to celebrate. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, that wasn't the main reason because I think our kids see that anyway to a certain extent. But, mm. um, yeah, I we've got some really, really awesome young people in our family. You and I, we're really lucky, mm-hmm. you know, young adults. Mm. And I see a shift generationally with their generation or maybe like their friends, their, mm. you know, their groups of, of people. And they just don't drink like we're used to. Mm. And I think that's incredible. And I see them as much more self-aware than I certainly was in my early 20s, Um, more mentally healthy, more emotionally accessible. Like I say it as a joke, but I was a train wreck in my early 20s. I Mm. really was. Mm. And I wouldn't go back there for all the money in the world. Good time party girl. Well, yeah, Mm. but I didn't like it. Mm. (laughs) and It didn't like me, but... Mm. That's what I thought I had to do in order to, you know, have fun or whatever. So it's really interesting to re-identify myself over the last 12 months as being someone who is willfully quiet, willfully like homebound, you know. I like going to bed early. I like getting up early. I genuinely like it. But that is at odds with the identity that I created for myself for 15 years of being, you know, the person who'll be last up, yeah. who'll, you know, have another drink, go on, go on. And I said with Beck last episode, like, I apologize to anyone I ever did that to because that is rough. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> Sorry, you probably got more than you bargained for. No, 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 it's important that you, because I, I knew it was multifaceted. I knew it wasn't just your health. And I think I'm still digging through all of that, to be yeah. honest, but I'm just allowing myself to be where I am with it. So Beck said she's not going to say that she's never going to have another alcohol alcoholic drink. Yeah. What do you say to that? I say I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Um, it scares me to say never, ever again, because I also don't really enjoy absolutes yeah. at this point. Um, but, and I'm not referencing the vodka. Oh. <laughs> so no vodka and, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I think about you and I going on a holiday, for example, and we haven't had a holiday since I've stopped drinking just because of COVID and life mm. and everything. Um, so how would I go if we went back to Canada, for example, and caught up with our mates? And yeah, I don't know. What's the conversations like that you've had with people once they know you're not drinking and, and yeah, like even like during a social gathering, once they know that you're not drinking alcohol. It's really interesting. Um, there's a subset of people who are like, come on, that's boring. Just have one. And that's, Annoying. Do you want to name names? No, I'm not going to name names. It's annoying though. So mm. if you ever find yourself as that person, 
maybe just respect the fact that the person is saying no for whatever reason and that's fine. Mm. Um, and I'm talking to myself, my past self there as much as anyone else. Uh, but the vast majority of people I've found are really keen to talk about it. Mm. But I find myself the one stepping back from talking about it because I don't ever want to sound like um, I'm offering advice or, mm. you know, like mm. being judgmental. And I feel like there's a bit of that. People often, um, and it's sort of, echoes how the conversations used to go when I was big into minimalism and people would talk to me about it. Yeah, okay. People would either want to talk about it in depth through their own lens or would get very defensive because they think they thought that the way I was living was in judgment of the way they were living and it wasn't, it never was, never would be. And it's a little bit like that. Mm. But I have found a l- sorry, just some weird voice throat noises. You got a guinea pig in your throat. Yeah. Gecko. Gecko, yes. Um, yeah, I I think there is a lot of curiosity there and I'm starting to see that there are a lot of people who feel similarly to how I spent the last few years feeling in that, yeah, that kind of appeals to me, but I have no idea how to navigate hmm. social situations or stress or celebrations without this thing that has been part of you know our lives culturally for decades often Mm. i'd love to know whether this is a social um factor just that society as a society we're changing our attitudes towards alcohol or whether it's an age factor the fact that we're just older or yeah it's interesting it's 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 interesting to think about because I think it's more societal because you only have to look at the growth of non-alcohol like drinks, adult beverages. Mm. Yeah. And it's a huge sector that is, that is mm. smashing it. Um, I think that there is sort of two at play. I was reading recently, there's an article in the Sydney morning Herald, I think about um, <laughs> the physiology of hangovers. I read that last night. It was really interesting. Um, but it, mentioned that maybe fewer people are drinking to excess to excess but the people who are are really drinking to excess so like alcohol related hospitalizations were up by some during lockdowns during lockdowns by like 40 percent or something a really quite a, a high number but there are at least in my circle and by circle i mean friends yes but also people that i interact with online uh, there are more people I'm seeing who are either claiming, you know, claiming their seat at the sobriety table, even though they've maybe not been drinkers for a long time, or people who are experimenting with it. Mm. Um, so I think it's probably, there's probably a, a bit of both at play. Yeah. 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 I do think it's really interesting though. Um, and I think Australians have a particular point of view on it too Mm. because obviously i don't know culturally how other um countries yeah are affected by Mm. it Mm. um because i know you used to comment even when we were in canada is like there's people that can do stuff and go on hikes and ski and or whatever and they don't need to drink alcohol Mm. like get together as friends and not have alcohol as the basis Mm -hmm. for that um it makes me sad to say, but yeah. like as 
I can't say as an Australian because not every Australian's like mm. it, but my experience was not that. Yeah. Uh, and it's it was foreign to me, but also really appealing. Mm. Yeah. So I like discovering the things that I can do and will do and enjoy doing or um, have kind of revisited through that lens of mm. not drinking anymore. And it's just interesting. I'm trying to treat the whole thing as an experiment. Well, it's very powerful. It's influencing me. Um, I'm very proud of you. And I do think that you are benefiting uh, in a lot of ways, mm. both in your mental health and physical health. And I just feel like it suits you, if you know what I mean. I feel like it suits me. Yeah. 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 Um, I want to move on to health now, mm -hmm. um, mental and physical because um, it's another theme that's been raised a lot during the conversations you've had with guests this season. Let's talk about your physical first. And you've mentioned adrenal fatigue. What Do you want to just take us through where you're up to in that discovery of or search for answers? Yeah. I think I've been, probably been annoyingly vague in the way that I've spoken about my health over the last 18 months or so. Um, Mostly because I don't yet have a diagnosis and I think that there is a, there are enough people on the internet <laughs> talking about things that, um, you know, without the full picture and I think that that can be really dangerous. So I haven't wanted to get too far into it and I still don't have a diagnosis, but um, broad overview I initially was dealing with a possible diagnosis of like chronic fatigue, so CFS, ME, um, and fibromyalgia. And that sort of fit a lot of the bill, but not all of it. Uh, and a number of specialists later, some helpful, others not. Some really terrible. Really, which we did speak about, I think, yeah. last year. We haven't spoken about like the, the good ones. No, that's... That's an oversight, I think, because there are good ones. Yeah. Um, but that's because it's been more recent, like yeah. a lot more recent. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So through those specialist appointments, I'm getting closer to a diagnosis. And it it looks like um, what I'm dealing with is like a, it will be a lifelong chronic illness that's related to my pituitary gland. Um, yeah. So the pituitary gland in your brain, uh, it controls and helps produce a certain number of hormones in the body. And if your pituitary gland is damaged in some way, which can happen for lots of different reasons, um, it will affect the way your body is either able to control or produce those hormones. And for me, that is adrenal hormones um, and also thyroid hormones. So those two things will be medicated probably forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I don't have a name. You know, it's been really interesting as someone who likes to experiment with living in uncertainty and the grey in between, not having a diagnosis, like not having, and I don't like labels, but not having a label for what's going on has really messed with my head, to be perfectly honest. And for everyone who's listening, and I know there are a lot of people who are, who are dealing with similarly infuriating undiagnosed chronic illnesses, you just know that you're not alone. Like the sitting in the uncertainty when, and also sitting in the like 
the feeling that you're not being listened to and you're trying to advocate for your own health and your own body because you know it better than anyone else and you're not being heard is infuriating. Mm. So like, (laughs) yeah, it's been a real head trip and I have spent so many hours, weeks worth of hours reading and researching and feeling like I'm going round and round and round in circles Mm. and talking to healthcare professionals who don't listen or who won't believe me. Um, But persevering with that has been the best thing that I could have done because it turns out that I kind of came to the right conclusion to the diagnosis myself. Mm. Mm. And again, that's sort of why I don't like talking about specifics because that's not helpful. Yeah. There was a lady on the internet who said that she diagnosed herself like different for everyone. Exactly. Um, But if you're in that situation, you find yourself struggling against that at the moment, uh, you're not alone and that doesn't help necessarily, but Mm. keep reading, keep talking to people. um, And when you can keep going. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So I don't know. Is that all annoying? No, it's good because it then leads into, I think, like treatments. And one of the big themes in the series has been like just being physical and being physical, not not necessarily doing yoga and Pilates, but lifting weights. So I know yeah. that Hannah um, Maloney spoke yeah. about it in her episode. It's just something that's really helped her yes. mentally. And I feel like that has really helped you as well. Yes. So once I got on top of the worst of the fatigue and the pain, so when I first started taking my medication, Mm. it was weird timing because that was also just before my dad got really sick. So um, that was all a bit of a mess. But once he, or once we were locked down essentially and I couldn't go and see him anyway, um, I was able to get back to training, which you and I had started Beginning like, of the year, really. Yeah, yeah. earlier even. Yeah. Um, and that has been a genuine um, light bulb for me because I think I avoided heavy, you know, intense exercise, A, because I had life-altering fatigue and soreness and muscle weakness and joint pain and everything. Uh, but once I learnt that exercise wasn't going to make that wasn't going to make the pain worse. I started to experiment with it and it's been amazing. Mm. I genuinely enjoy it. I really feel stronger. Just, I'd say the last three months I've started to really start to feel the benefits of the work that I've been doing that, you know, with the training that I've been doing uh, and also getting a handle on my medication and what I need Mm. to feel well in terms of Nutrition and sleep and things to eat and things not to eat, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, lifting weights has been one of my favorite discoveries of the year, I think. And I've been surprised. Mm. I've been surprised. Previously, you had a go at a lot of physical, you know, exercise things, like whether it's running or something. You always always have a go and experiment with Mm. it. But this is the first thing that I think you've really stuck to and you're actually seeing the benefits from it. Yeah, I think yoga and this. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So yoga is not something I'm practicing a lot at the moment. Mm. uh, And 
I think I'd like to get back back into to it. it yeah. Come January, mm. but yeah, I'd agree with you. Mm. This is probably since you know I played basketball back at uni. That was mm. really the last time I think that I was into anything as physically demanding as and as, and as committed to it as yeah. well. Yeah, which is nice. And shout out to Brooke, our trainer. Yes, who's helped us both this year with and that. And I will never forget her name. <laughs> never forget a name. <laughs> couple more things okay. uh, I want to talk about and I want to celebrate the success of, really, this year, which I think are two of the big, you know, projects that you've worked on that, have, that are literally bearing fruit. And we'll start with the kick-ass vegetable garden we've got going at mm-hmm. the moment that I know you're very proud of and that you worked really hard at. How does that feel? Like, because for a long, long time we spoke about having a, you know, a, a rotating bed, companion planting. This is great. Keep going. <laughs> vegetable allotment garden. Okay. Sure. And we did experiment when we were up in the mountains at our previous home, and it, and it worked to an extent. It wasn't very big, but I feel like your planning has has yeah it's. It's you've finally done it. Congratulations! Thank you. Yeah, and we can look out when we're doing the dishes or cooking, and we just see this awesome garden. Yeah. How has that felt? Really good. Yeah, I think um, we had a couple of false starts over the last two years with the veggie bed, um, the veggie garden, and yeah, lockdown mm-hmm. this year's lockdown uh, again once. We couldn't go and see my dad. We really were at a bit of a loss rattling around at home together. That was the opportunity, I think, or the the space and time that I hadn't had before. It just it feels awesome, you know. I have done a lot of reading and research and experimentation and the difference to all the reading and research I've done in previous years is that I only looked into things that I needed to know rather than previous years where I'd be like, let's imagine we have, you know, a five acre lot and this is like, that's not helpful. Mm. What we do have is, you know, an area of, I don't know, how many square meters would it be? It's like six by 10, something like that. Yeah. So a decent, a decent Mm. size, but nothing over the top. You know, what can you realistically do with that? And And, and to a certain extent you had to sort of say, it could easily easily be double that. Like it could have eat, like we could have easily built. We'd had the room to do it, but you were like, "No, let's just keep it at these six beds." I tried to make this it size, you know, so it's easier for us to, you know, reach out. Like I just felt like there was a lot of planning, and you're like, you didn't think too big. Yeah. And that's what I've yeah. always done before. Yeah. I think that's what I was trying to get at. Yeah. Like, it was really nice to right size the plan. And that took a bit of time hmm. uh, to to land in the right spot and know that we, if we stay in this current place, we could absolutely add to it yeah. when it makes sense, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So it was sort of intentional gardening. And yeah. It was definitely slow. slow, definitely slow. But even doing things like, you know, preparing the soil properly has paid massive dividends and has been at odds with my own impatience. Like for someone who talks about slow living a lot, I'm an incredibly impatient person (laughs) in some ways. And 
you know, waiting and doing things in the correct order or, you know, the order that might take a little longer to begin with but can actually pay dividends at the other end has been a really positive lesson Mm. from the garden, which obviously applies to the garden but applies to a lot of other things as well. But it is a genuine joy to look out over the garden. And I mean... Like I had to pull you inside to record this podcast because you were out there and I'm like, come on, we need to do this. I just, I wonder, you know, and it might be like five minutes a day I go out and pull a few weeds or have a look and see what's growing, what, you know, the birds are nibbling on or... Hmm. But like noticing things like the increase in bugs over the last few weeks, different bugs, you know, hoverflies and bees and butterflies and um, ladybugs and all that sort of stuff has been such a delight. Mm. And as much as it is wonderful to see things starting to grow, like we've got corn coming up and zucchinis and cucumber and tomatoes are finally getting underway. And that's all really wonderful. It's also just the noticing and the getting my hands in the dirt that I'm loving. Mm. Yeah. So it's, and it looks beautiful. It does look beautiful because you've used, you've also used recycled and upcycled materials and yeah. added uh, stakes and stuff like that. It just looks really, yeah, rustic and <laughs> We cool. went for a walk the other week and someone was throwing away this big gate type gate. thing. And yeah. We used that. We're like, yeah. That, that would be great to grow pumpkins over. Again, I think it's your focus. So your focus with your health and your physical um, health and your exercise, you just had, you have a focus and I'm wondering whether it's related to not drinking alcohol, honestly. I think that it probably is Yeah. because I've found myself and I, I still, health wise, I still don't think I'm 100% where I need to be and we're still exploring that. And hopefully the first half of next year will bring me a lot closer to, to where I want to be health wise. But even still, I feel like I've been able to give the best of myself to a number of different projects and areas of life. Uh, and I'm not depleted in the way that I used to be. Mm. You know, I think that honestly, alcohol affected my brain health, the mental health, but also just like physical in the sense of my brain health um, so enormously. And I had no idea of the impact it was having. Mm. Um you know, on, on how my, my brain was controlling my body and, you know, letting my body do the things it's meant to do. Yeah. So I think, and then on top of that, you know, motivation and clarity, like I feel clear headed and that's even when I have horrendous brain fog, Mm. some days I still feel a sense of clarity that I haven't had probably ever as Mm. an adult. Mm. Yeah. Killing it. Well, you know, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> anyway, that's a nice, I think that those three themes are a nice way to wrap up the season. Wondering whether you want to give anything away in terms of next year and what you're doing next year. Hmm. Good question. I shared this on Instagram stories a few days ago. Um, I'm very much at a point of transition work-wise. <coughs> And I have no real sense of what that will look like for me. I mean, to be frank, 
it's gotten to the point where you and I were talking about me going and just getting a job. Yeah. Uh, an old boss of mine got in touch and offered me something that sounded really appealing because it was everything that self-employment and creative self-employment was not. <laughs> it was like, here are your hours, here is your work, you do your work, you finish your work and you, you get switch paid. your computer off and go and do other stuff. Hmm. You know, and I... There is something to be said like that sounds so nice. Right. Yeah. So we're both many years into self-employment yeah. now and there is something absolutely appealing about that, yeah. which I don't think gets spoken enough about yeah. in the, like through the lens of slow living and self-employment. You know, everyone's mm. like, that's the solution. Mm. It certainly can be mm. and for a while, but it also may not be. Mm. But ultimately, I don't think that's where I'm at at this point. Mm -hmm. As to where I am at, I don't really know. <laughs> so I but asked people. But it's not to get, it's not to go back and have a job. Not at this point, yeah. no. Um, I did ask people on Instagram stories hmm. whether they were interested in a few different things that I've kind of been tossing around as ideas for next year. Um, one of which was standalone series of podcasts about non-slow living related kind of topics, mm -hmm. the two or three um, suggestions that I put out there were creativity, writing and values. And people were super interested in a deep dive into values and a deep dive into um, creativity. Mm. So that's something that I'm thinking about and whether or not that becomes a course, you know, kind of like the online retreat sort oh, yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, I'd, be kind of interested in exploring that. Uh, I also, I don't know if you guys can hear the dog. It's not my stomach. It's no, for once, it's not your yeah. throat either. Yeah. And the other thing I've been sort of toying with and was actually prepared to create this year and this year just got all 2021 on me, um, was some kind of zine. <laughs> I don't know. The 90s and early 2000s are calling. But I was... What was the, yeah, because I know you asked that question. What was the uh, percentage of people that were interested? Like 75% of people were interested. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's kind of, you know, there's some, to me, there's something hmm. really appealing in the idea of making something that people can hold, hmm. you know, so a handmade. It's like a newsletter, really. Slow living zine yeah. that I would mail to people. Yeah. Feels really kind of cool and countercultural and sort of the antithesis of the last couple of years where everything had to be done online. Yes. And I think people, myself included, are craving real, you know, hold it in your hands, real. So that's something that I am actually really interested in. But to be blunt, but realistically, I need to, A, consider my capacity for all of this stuff, uh, and B, consider making an income because this past year has decimated my work and it's left me in a spot where, look, I could look at it as a negative, um, but I could also look at it, I could choose to look at it as an opportunity to reassess, mm. you know. Um, yeah. Another infuriatingly vague answer from Brooke. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it seems like you need to have 
the same focus as you're having with other aspects of your life towards what I'd call your income stream. Yeah. And Do you know I what I mean? Because you've got so many ideas. It's about the like focusing on something. Yes. Yeah. And I think what I have allowed myself to do this sort of last three months of 2021, and it was a very intentional decision, was to let myself sit in the transition. Mm. Like yeah. to be unsure and to not push for surety, mm-hmm. you know. And so I, I'm just having faith that come the end of January when, you know, I come back on deck after taking a few weeks off, there will be a shift that happens. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if that's something that's relatable to people listening or not, but I think that allowing ourselves to sit in the uncertainty of stuff and not push for a resolution is probably something beneficial. Mm, Agree. Yeah. I really agree with that. Well, that's been an awesome wrap-up of your, uh, I don't know, the themes of this year. This you say season. awesome like I didn't just like vague talk all my way through it. I don't know. I'm sorry. I feel like that was a very beneficial conversation and, it will be, and it's awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and what I think we should do is spend the next half of this podcast discussing our top 10 of 2021. Yeah, let's do it. Insert music, Ben, which I probably won't. Okay, let's start All right. with your top TV show of 2021. See, I do this every year. Don't do two. I can't help it. If you do two, I'll do two. Okay. My top two TV shows are The Great British Bake Off and Alone. Oh, alone, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. what? Totally. Well, they're both okay. They're both reality TV shows. Like you could have. That's insane. For really? You. Yes, I would be very surprised That's to learn correct. that if you had have told me this this time last year. Uh, but both, for very different reasons, super comforting, mm. um, enjoyable shows to watch during lockdown. A survival. <laughs> Just watch people slowly starve. Deteriorate, yeah. Why has that been awesome? I think I've really enjoyed watching the the journey that contestants take during their time alone. Uh, And you often see it. People go from this kind of gung-ho, dominating nature kind of mentality. Not all contestants, but a lot to someone who either is humbled by nature really quickly uh, and adapts or leaves the show and they're like, oh, I can't do this. This is way bigger than me. So mentally just can't do it. That's right. So, and then you, you, then you have other people who really embrace their role as part of nature, you know, and they're hunting and they're fishing and they're cutting down trees to build shelter and, and um, create fire and stuff. And they're grateful for everything that nature, um, Mm offers Mm. but not in a you know egotistical kind of way yeah yeah they're still like like scared of nature and its power yeah Yeah. like so it's so bizarre awed by it or yeah well that's nice that's a nice word it's it's so interesting for you to like that show because you've said on a number of occasions how you could just spend months and months at a time alone correct 
Yeah. So yeah. Probably. I would love to throw you into the next season. Um, I have zero like bushcraft skills. Let me just say, if someone built me a cabin and delivered me tempeh and you could make a nice uh, <laughs> campfire. You're pretty good at that. I am. That's yeah. true. Maybe a nice garland out of flowers or something. I, it would be pretty. Yeah. I would starve, but it would be pretty. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And there was something about that too. Like, could I really do that? No, I couldn't. Mm. I was in awe of the, the skills of the people who last like 100 days out mm. in the Canadian wilderness. If you haven't watched themselves. it, to give it a go. It is very interesting viewing. I think there's like 13 episodes of series of it. Is that right? Yeah. Seasons. No, I think there's like six or seven. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what I was watching then. Uh, there's yeah. all those spin-offs. There's like oh, yeah. Naked and yeah, Afraid, yeah. No, which is rubbish. terrible. Yeah. Um, there's I've... a few really bad, really bad ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but the core series alone, check it out if you haven't. And the Great British Bake Off, I get. It's super comforting. Oh. It's like, yeah, it's so nice. It's just lovely. Yeah, Everyone's lovely. lovely. Yeah. And I thought that it couldn't get any better than when it was Noel Fielding and Sandy hosting mm. and she left. Um, and Matt Lucas came in to take over, um, and it's even better, yeah, or no. it's I, I more think it, absurd, I think it, I think which is better. great. I think it's better. Yeah, it's great. It's what great. about what about you? So I'll have two. Uh, I actually did write down two. <laughs> For me, uh, it was the White Lotus. Oh yeah, White Lotus. I think was a one oh, just so good, um, and the Mandalorian. Was that only this year that we watched that? That was, yeah, we watched season two this year. Okay. Yeah. Mandalorian was great and yeah. I'm not a Star Wars yeah. person. I think it was fantastic. I am and loved, loved every minute of that. And I, I, I especially loved it because I just finished, when I was watching episode, uh, series two, I had just finished reading um, the extremely long series of, the gunslinger oh yeah um stephen, stephen king, king the dark tower, dark tower series. series and it just there it, it was so, it's so similar it's it's like the wild west in in sci-fi yeah he what is, is actually he is the gunslinger he like, is. it's it's sort of weird one of the episodes is called the gunslinger yeah 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 I intentional was, obviously i'd certainly say yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. Actually, I'd forgotten that you finally climbed Mount Everest of the Stephen oh, King yeah, I finished, multiverse. Finished those at the beginning of the year, <laughs> and funnily enough, they do not make Aww. my book of the year. Really? Yeah. Um, anyway, moving on. A uh, small detail. My favorite small detail of this year is the first corn seedling poking through the soil. I danced. I actually danced in the veggie garden when I saw it because it was like the third planting of corn that I had done and none of them had worked. And I'm like, well, I'm just someone who genetically is unable to grow corn. And then it happened and it was Mm. a delight. And then the snails ate it, but. It was there. It was there. It was a small (laughs) thing that was there for a period of time. It was a fleeting moment of Mm. pure joy. Mm. And now I have lots of corn in the garden, but that genuinely was a delight. What about you? Breathing. Oh. Breathing. Not such a small detail, but small to notice it and to notice it with, because I really, 
in the past didn't really notice or take any notice of breathing and like how to breathe and, mm-hmm. you know, the whole diaphragm thing and filling the sides of your body up with breath. Yep. Um, there are people probably know all this from Wim Hof and his, you know, things that he does. Yeah. I have no, uh, don't know any of about any of that. Just know him and that he's all about breathing. Mm-hmm. But that's really important, especially when you're exercising. And it was really important. And I think it was a smaller detail, but very another essential detail. And when your dad was sick and seeing him in mm-hmm. hospital, and art and like the artificial breathing that was going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just have a distinct memory of seeing that, mm. and seeing his chest and stomach rise and fall, and just how important it is, and we should all do more of it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hyperventilate, okay? <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I think drawing your attention to breath—that's it—is yeah. really an interesting sort of exercise for a couple of reasons physical like you said you know thinking about the the mechanics of breathing you know the way that our diaphragm will expand down when we breathe in and how it um raises when we're squeezes it yeah like all that is so interesting and to to focus on that when you're exercising especially and our trainer brooke who is genuinely phenomenal is all about encouraging mindful breath when you're exercising um, so I've really enjoyed that because it has linked my work in yoga over yeah. the past few years to exercise. Um, so there's the, the physical side of it, but then there's also the realization, I think, as you experienced that we only have a limited number of breaths, like everyone so at scary. some point, yeah. the breaths that we take for granted every day will stop. Mm. So what do we do with them? Mm. You know, and that's something I wrote about in care, obviously before any of this happened, you know, and before my dad got sick. But um, it's a very humbling, terrifying, but also um, like unifying thought, you know, something that I think even if you spend a second thinking about it every day, will probably change the way you spend even a moment of every day because mm. it makes things sacred. Mm. It's like looking up into the universe <laughs> at night and thinking it never ends. It's terrifying. That's terrifying. Um, let's move on before we freak each other out. Freaking out, man. Movie, your movie of the year. Again, these are things that not necessarily have to be released in 2021. It's when we consume them. Right. Yeah. I have two. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> I don't think I've watched two movies this year, but anyway. You have, because you watched both of these. Okay, yeah. Uh, my first one was Moxie. <laughs> yep. God, I loved that movie. Yeah. It was so great. Uh, Amy Poehler directed it, and I've watched it like four or five times. Hence your zine moment. Totally. That's yeah. 100% where it came from. Yeah. Um, and just a kick-ass, fun, young, fresh kind of film. I just, I loved it. Uh, it's on Netflix if anyone is interested in watching it. And the other one is Knives Out. That was mine. Was it? Yeah. 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 So really, really great film. Funny. Well, it was released a couple of years ago, oh, surely. 2017, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're so 
we're so funny with movies. We don't watch them. Very rarely do we Very watch rarely. films. Very rarely. Watch a, like a lot of TV series, but not so many films. Yeah. Apologies um, for the mower in the background. I can't. I won't be able to get rid of that, unfortunately. That's okay. Our neighbour would be upset if you got rid of his mower. <laughs> I think that Knives Out was one of the most fun um who done it kind of yeah. it had that agatha christie yeah. sort of mentality but Amazing. um daniel craig was oh it was just really good and, and they're, they're making another one and they're making another one which yeah. is going to be great okay destination well this is favorite well, destination of 2021 this is hilarious because we couldn't go anywhere uh i could say the vegetable garden Oh, that's what I, th- I I would have put money on you saying that. Okay. What did you say? I said today. Ah. Today is my favorite destination. Because um, it's l- one more day closer to 2022? No, let's not even. Let's not even say how 2022 oh, is going to okay. be a good year because yeah. everyone did that last year. Fair enough. Um, no, because as much as I have struggled with it, I've also found a certain... Um, liberation Mm. this year in like gratitude for the day you know and I've found myself probably again since I quit drinking greeting most mornings with an energy that I have not had in many many years yeah what about yours um I put backyard (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah, but just because uh, again, I, there's someone, there's another one in here where I, I, it is another place. But yeah, just the backyard because it's like it, it it's the our yard's really beautiful <laughs> right now. Yeah, and it has been all year. We've spent a lot of time in it. Yeah. and working on it, and, and I've enjoyed playing like cornhole in it, and yeah, exercising in the backyard and looking at how green it is. I've even enjoyed. I've got a new mower, so I'm enjoying mowing the lawn. You know, mm-hmm. like it's just been really nice to. Do you think that, um, mm. just as a side note to that, this year, uh, as opposed to 2020 with lockdowns, has sort of rewired our, mine and your collective brains. Like, I feel like we are much more home bodied than we were after the 2020 lockdown. And yeah. I think, yeah. I don't know, I feel like I've certainly shifted even more to seeing home as. A sanctuary. Oh, I do. I do agree with that. It is a sanctuary. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. somewhere like it's somewhere that I want to be. Mm. Yeah. We've always been wanderlust kind of people, mm. and like eyes on the next adventure. And I feel like that has shifted, and is not so much a part of my value system. I think anymore. so. I think I'd agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one. Books. Books of twenty twenty one. Now I know this is going to be hard for you. Yes. Of course. How many have you got? I've asked for one. I've got three. Got three. It's not too bad. <laughs> it could have been a lot more. Uh, funnily enough, though, as someone who doesn't read a lot of nonfiction, two of the three are nonfiction this year. Okay. The first one, I think I've mentioned it on the show before, uh, a highly sensitive person uh, yes. by Elaine Aron. We've spoken about it. Really sort of paradigm shifting book for me, um, validating and liberating and insightful Hmm. as someone trying to work myself out, but also as a parent of kids who may or may not be highly sensitive people. It was, it's fantastic. Uh, And, and kind of 
relates quite closely to the other nonfiction book, uh, The Body Keeps the Score, which I found incredibly difficult to listen to. Um, and funnily enough, I listened to both of those. They were both mm, audiobooks. Yeah, I've done quite a lot of audiobooks this year, uh, only nonfiction audiobooks. But when Dad was sick, I, I spent a lot of time in the car. It felt um, like something I could control, you know, and kind of dive into. And, and it took my brain away from what was happening at the hospital. Totally. So yeah. it was, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have very fond thoughts of both of those books. As a percentage, how many books do you think you read slash listen to that are audio books? Oh. Compa- you, you know what I mean? Like yeah. over a year. So this year I have listened to quite a few um, audio books and they're all, with the exception of those two, all about writing. Okay. But they're all nonfiction. They're all nonfiction. I don't listen to fiction audio books except Harry Potter and that's because Stephen Fry's voice is wonderful. I knew you were going to say that. And it reminds me of road trips and, you know. I get it. Yep. So, oh... It's still low in comparison to the books that I read because I much, much prefer to 10%? read. Yeah, probably. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, so those two books, I think, interestingly, have a, a very strong through line of, like, um, trauma and, um, you know, the way that our bodies react to stimulus and the way that we can internalise experiences, all that sort of stuff. So I found them both really incredibly surprisingly life-changing i think okay yeah uh i've sat with them for a number of months and it still feels like that so but the other book is a fiction book and completely different it's by an author named amelia mellor and it's called the grandest bookshop in the world and it's awesome it's just like a wonderfully magical fantastical middle grade fiction book and I've read a lot of middle grade fiction this year. You have indeed. Yes. So that is fantastic too. And I think that if you have kids or if you enjoy middle grade fiction, you'll enjoy that. It's brilliant. I haven't finished my book yet, but it's going to be my book of the year. And that's Neil Gaber's Walt Disney's biography written probably a decade ago or so. Um, I'm obsessed with uh, Walt Disney as a person and his parks, mm-hmm. more specifically, uh, and how he created that. And how he, what I admire about him is he was able to, he was like the first entrepreneur. He was essentially able to pivot and, and just create different things. Like you, you think of theme parks and infrastructure or and he changed the way movies were made. Mm. He changed the way animation was made. He changed the way cities were designed. Mm. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Who else has that, um, you know, I think he was just a, he was a pioneer when it came to cross-industry, cross-sector creative. Mm. And I I love uh, hearing his story. And, yeah, it's just a, it, it's, it's a great read, very heavy in parts. I think you kind of have to have a bit of a, pre-existing knowledge of Walt Disney before you dive in because it's yeah pretty pretty in depth. Well, I think it's it is for people like you who it's not like mm. a surface level no bio yeah. Like yeah, it's yeah. for pretty Disney on. files. Yeah. Yeah. So but, anyway, that's that's yeah that was 
Okay, uh, discovery of the year. My top discovery of the year has been fiction writing. Ooh. Mm -hmm. I've discovered that I love it and that actually I find it a lot easier than writing nonfiction. And you'll never write nonfiction again. Maybe. Maybe. Because the thing is, you can just make it up. You just make it up. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And no one's like, you can't say that. That's not true. I'm like, prove me wrong. It's right. You don't have to work through it emotionally oh. and personally before you write it down. Exactly. Yeah. There is a lightness to it yeah. and a joy to it. And I am completely obsessed with yeah. writing fiction at mm. this point. So it mm. has been such a joyful discovery. You know, because I've spent the last 10 years of writing nonfiction, blogging, ebooks, books, saying I wish I could write fiction and wanting to write fiction but thinking that I couldn't, like I didn't have the right skill set. Mm. And this year I decided to call bullshit on that and enrolled in a course and kind of used that as the accountability measure that I needed to get up every morning and write and quite quickly realised that all of the um, all of the learning I've been doing, all of the skills that I have uh, you know, improved upon over the last 10 years, all of the books about creative people, all of the fiction that I read, it's not added up to nothing. <laughs> I did know how to write. Yeah. Not necessarily well, but, you know, being able to finish the first draft of um, a novel has been surprising. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. yeah. So that's mine. Really amazing. What about yours? Yeah. Uh, my discovery of the year is that it is never too late and CrossFit. Ooh. Yeah. So, so never too late to CrossFit or could relate are they related? That. Well, yeah, they are. It is it, definitely related, but never too late as a concept, I think. Okay. Uh, um, I've taken that discovery, a number of different things, including doing handstands, mm -hmm. learning to do handstands, never too late. Uh, yeah. And just CrossFit as a, as a concept. I, I would have never thought that I would be ever interested in that. But no. that's been a discovery and it's been quite good for me, I think. It's been very good for you. Yeah. Moving on to album of the year. Right. What's your album of the year? So I haven't listened to a lot of new music this year. I'm exactly the same. Yeah. I shared my like Spotify wrapped yeah, and it was all songs that were at least two or three years old. Wow. With the exception of Leon Bridges' new album, Gold Digger Sound. So good. Mm -hmm. So, so good. I listened to a armchair expert um, interview with Leon Bridges, I don't know, maybe halfway through the year yeah. and spent the next month or so listening to it. It's a really, really good album. Um but still didn't kind of crack the top hundred songs. They were all really yeah. kind of old songs. And I think Which that was a comfort you, thing. Why you can only you can only write to songs that you know yes. really well. Yep. So that's probably why. Yep, yeah, exactly. And you know, when I'm experiencing anxiety and stress and stuff, going and putting myself in the path of new things. Mm. I find I've only realized now recently that I find that stressful. So that's why I will do things like watch the same movies over and over again, listen to the same music over and over again, even mm. watch the same shows. Yeah. Um, hence 
that was my throat. <laughs> Hence the reason I watch The Hunger Games all the time. Yeah, like I if know. if I have a sick day, yeah, I watch The Hunger Games. It's not, it's not uplifting, but I know what happens. And I think I'm a bit the same with music. Yeah, what about what about you? Have you listened to anything new this year? Uh, um, so okay, I'm, I'm just taking this straight from my Spotify Unwrapped. So my album of the year is Minecraft Songs. <laughs> <laughs> that I know exactly. So um, uh, Toby and I, when we were driving to drum lessons, he would play that album just to sort of obviously get in the mood to for psych drum, him up for drums for drumming. So weird. And so anyway, that was the. The most played album, um, followed by Certified Loverboy by Drake. And I have no idea why, but I, li- I I definitely listened to that album. Cannot believe it's my top album of 2021. So I'm going to try a lot harder in 2022. Yeah, I to think listen we both to need some, to. Uh, yeah, I, I, I apologize. That's embarrassing. So, I mean, he did do a number on your Spotify algorithm. That's Toby smashed it. Yeah. He um, destroyed it. Very, very embarrassing. Didn't share unwrapped socially <laughs> for that very reason. All right. So your um, new podcast for 2021. It's uh, Amy Kaufman's On Writing, it's called. Okay. Yeah. So oh, she... you do listen to that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So she is a New York Times bestselling author of um, fiction, young ad- adult fiction mostly, She's just released the third book in a trilogy, the Aurora Rising trilogy. Um, incredibly successful. And just, I don't know, I really like the way that she um, talks about the practicalities of writing. And to hear it from an Australian is really nice too. Um, yeah, so that that is a cracking show. Check that one out. Mm-hmm. All these are going to be um, in the show notes to the of course, podcast. Yeah. All links to all these stuff or this stuff. Mine is Doughboys, a podcast by Mike Mitchell and Nick Weiger, uh, two guys that review chain restaurants. <laughs> American? American. Great. So you can't even eat the stuff that they review? Uh, not not a lot, no. Not in Australia, no. Okay. Uh, it's very funny, though. It's funny, because, and I just love hearing about... Because I don't really want to eat that sort of stuff. I kind of li- live vicariously through what they're eating. <laughs> and I love how they equally hate it and love it. It's just that relationship that you Are have Are they with... disdainful of the food that they're eating? Or some, of they... it, some, of it, some of it they love. Right. Because there's a lot of nostalgia in it as well. For you. Like... Yeah. And them. Okay. Yeah. So like In-N-Out like, you know, or Shake Shack. Shake or, Shack was better know, than In-N-Out. You know, oh, here we go. This will be, there'll be arguments in the in the comments. That's fine because Shake Shack is better than in but, but also the the guests that they get are just so funny. So hearing like, I don't know, um, quite famous, like they get quite famous Seth people. Rogen on it recently? Seth Rogen, yeah, he's been on it. Um, also, who's the director of 40-Year-Old Virgin? Um, Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow was on yeah, it. Right. Like quite a, a-ish listed. They're all mostly comedians. Right. So, and comedy and writers. dudes. No. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. No, it's, um, no. Uh, I wouldn't say that, but it's just so funny. I just love it. Like it's just, again, just a discovery this year that I've made. And You're I'm, always giggling when you, when yeah, you listen to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So moving on. Uh, your favorite meal of 2021. This is more of an experience than a meal. Okay. So back in April, just 
before the shit hit the fan in lots of different ways. Mum and dad had their 50th wedding anniversary and we got together and had a party to celebrate. And, I mean, we had a meal. So, yes, that's the meal part of it. Yeah. But the food wasn't the highlight. It was just spending time, that time, um, celebrating mum and dad with our immediate family. And it was wonderful. It was such a beautiful night. And within two weeks, dad was... In hospital. Gravely ill. Yeah. And obviously we didn't know any of that at the time. But, um, yeah, I guess it took on even more meaning um, in those weeks following. And, you know, we did a video for them celebrating their 50th um, anniversary and it all just felt wonderful in the moment to do. Yeah. And then... Again, and then in hindsight, unbelievable. On. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Totally. Yeah. So that was my favourite meal. What about yours? Yeah, probably my dad's... I've got a few. I listed a few here, but dad's 70th yeah. birthday in, in town at Nomad. It was just lovely to, to do out of lockdown, a couple of weeks out of lockdown, just to be able to just be with everyone, mm-hmm. sharing a meal. The other one highlight was just us at home for my 40th, eating seafood and... Making our own sushi rolls out of seafood, fresh seafood. So that was really good. nice, wasn't so it? So nice. Yeah. I don't know. Was that Father's Day or my birthday? Can't remember. Doesn't matter. It was Father's Day. It was Father's Day. Yeah. Yeah. And another one earlier on this year, which I can't believe. I was in Melbourne earlier on this year and I ate at Chin Chin and it was bloody unreal. I've never eaten yeah, at Chin Chin. Yeah, I know. I want to take you. There's one in Sydney. There is. But a good mate of mine, uh, we were in Melbourne. and you know, Friend of the show, Andy. Oh, friend of the show, Andy, who gets mentioned every single episode. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, You've had was, some good meals. That was like, in terms of a meal, that was really good. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway. there is, You know what? There is Chin Chin in America, too. Really? Yeah. I thought it was... It started in Melbourne, right? I think so. Yeah. But I know that there was one in LA, too. There you go. It's all very fancy. Okay, what's I'm your... I'm not fancy enough to eat a chin chin. No, you're not. No. So you better get fancier if you want me to take you. Yep. That's my 2022 word of the year. Fancy. fancy. Your favorite experience of yeah. this year. This one was a big one. I uh, received a text message from my dad when he was still in the ICU um, and Obviously, we had been locked down and locked out of the hospital for weeks and he was still gravely, gravely ill the last time we saw him. Um, and one day <laughs> I got a text message from him and I made the strangest noise. You thought something very seriously yeah, wrong had happened. Yeah, I thought you'd happened. electrocuted yourself. Um, and I've, I, yeah, I still can't quite um, wrap my head around it because for him to have had that capacity was phenomenal. And so short soon after being yeah. gravely ill. Like yeah. I don't think we'll ever appreciate how quickly that happened. Mm. <laughs> um yeah. Yeah, that was so that was my favorite experience. What about you? Uh mine's gonna sound really, really <laughs> awful. Uh <laughs> off the back of that. No, I because it doesn't involve you. Um <gasps> and it was skiing in Threadbow with the kids. Yes. You were able to do like, that. Like unbelievably I've never skied in Australia. Skiing, we love as a family. Uh, we try and do it all the time. 
even uh, in summer. Even it's in, weird. <laughs> no, but just you, well, I, I'm obsessed with it, and I've just never done it in the show because I'm like, well, if I'm going to spend the money, I'm going to go somewhere where I'm going to guarantee it being really good. But half the state was in lockdown. Re- we're in regional New South Wales. We were able to go down there. There was no crowds, mm-hmm. um, and. I was up at the hospital. You were in. You were at the hospital. I felt so bad, but you were like, "Just do it. Oh, Get absolutely. out. Do it." Uh, well, because we knew lockdown was coming. Yeah. So I was very. I was quietly surprised. I I love. I love the area. Like I've been down there the a few times, but just not skied. Um, I love any ski town, <laughs> either mm-hmm. whether it's summer or winter, and uh, just being there with no crowds, kids and I. They're all great skiers. We just had solid days mm. in the snow and it snowed. So I just, it was wonderful. And beyond, it's always nice when things are beyond expectations. Yeah. Do you but know? you went in with zero expectations, zero really. Expectations. It was like, yeah. it, you guys were doing it tough. The Spare kids of the were, moment exactly. sort of thing too. Uh, the kids had struggled through, you know, the weeks that I was away and mm. all that sort of stuff. So it was, yeah. It was a lovely couple it was, of days. You went there. more for the time rather than the experience and we were surprised. Yeah. 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 And I'm kids, really glad that you did that. The kids were so good too. So that was nice. Uh, and to we're going to finish off with uh, what your, is this the word of the year for 2022? Mm. Yeah. 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 I think Not so. Not the word of the year 2021. No. Because that would be. Dumpster fire. (laughs) Yes, you said that much nicer than I would have. (laughs) So your word of the year for next year will be? Create. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm feeling drawn to create in virtually everything that I'm doing at the moment. You know, work, yes, but... I don't know. I feel like there's a an opportunity to rethink everything through a lens of creativity next year, um, including problem solving and, you know, living with uncertainty and learning to be more flexible, all that sort of stuff, um, and trying new things. So for me, creativity goes hand in hand with experimentation. Mm. Oh, I- I'm, I'm, I was scared that your words create because it's just I feel like you create so much anyway. So anyway, well, it's a scary proposition. <laughs> Sorry, but it, but you know, it's important. It's important for you. My word of the year is sun. S U N. Well, think about it, whatever uh, way you want. To. Okay. <laughs> Why? Why sun? Because I'd like to see more of it. Yes. It's been a grey old beginning to summer. The mm-hmm. power of the sun. Mm. Um, my relationship with my son. Nice. I just, I feel like that's just going to be the word of the year for me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, to be a good, better son. Um, yeah, it's just going to, I think, influence a lot of things. And I really enjoy in the morning going out to our backyard mm-hmm. Both of us taking off our shirts. Freaking out the neighbours. Getting some sun. Well, it's something we started doing in spring. Yeah, it was all, it was really good. And it, the impact on sleep. Oh, the sleep thing's massive. Yeah, for you particularly. Oh, huge. I think. Yeah. Um, and I, think I don't wake just, up in the night when I... Like, that's right. When I have... I feel like when I 
get some good sun. Light exposure in the mornings. Yeah. Yeah. And there is on evidence. On your eyes, on your chest, mm-hmm. on your, just a lot of, yeah, skin, sun. There's evidence sort of stacking up, equating morning sun exposure with. Better sleep. Better everything. Yeah, right. You know, well-being. Yeah. Um, sleep, yes, but also energy. Um, yeah. yeah motivation, concentration, all that stuff. Hmm. That's a really interesting one. I had no idea that was going to be your word of the year. Good. I love to surprise you. You did. And I love to surprise our listeners too by going for quite a while in this episode. If you're still listening, well done. Candy canes to you. Yeah. Word of the podcast is sun. So if you can put that into the comments, we know that you've listened to it all. You liked that last time, didn't you, when I interviewed Pretty you? Funny. And Pretty funny. And people are like, held it. up in his heart. I was still listening. They did it. So thank you to everyone, all three of you. Thanks for everyone for putting up with us in 2021. We're coming back to you in 2022 with Summer Series. Yes. So every Thursday in January. So there's four Thursdays in January, four episodes from The Vault. Oh, yeah. These are not based on 2021 episodes. One is. Ooh. Yeah, but the others, like we go way back. Uh, so yeah, four really excellent episodes, all very different that uh, hopefully if you're new to the podcast, you get to discover for the first time. And if you've been listening from the beginning, you get to re-experience. I just hope I've got the original files for those episodes. Okay. <laughs> That's Watch a me space. problem. <laughs> uh, I... Do want to say thank you to everyone for, yes, sticking with us through this year. It's been bumpy. Last year was bumpy. And um, we always try to walk the slow living walk. And sometimes that means that um, we go MIA, which we did. Mm. So it's been wonderful coming back and having really heartfelt, important conversations. And that's what I would like next year to have more of. I, I can't tell you what form that's going to take because we're still sorting all that out but we will be back next year yeah and it will be in february i've already recorded some of the interviews for next season and they're wonderful so i'm just want to wish you all a merry christmas if you celebrate 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 Mm. celebrate christmas and happy new year i hope it's a safe and healthy one for you and that you get some rest that's what I'll be doing. <laughs> awesome. Thank you very much for, for listening and we'll, we'll just just losing it just right at the end. Finish it off. Finish strong. Finish clear. And that's it from me. Thank you very much for listening and I really look forward to doing it all again next week. Bye for now. Hi, Puck Pass.